Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Right, this hour, three very, very special guests in studio. Women's rugby, very much the focal point at the moment amongst a lot of our sporting media with the Women's Rugby World Cup on. But running alongside of that is the equivalent of the Defence Forces Women's Rugby World Cup. It's called the International Women's Defence International Rugby Competition, but it is basically a World Cup. We've got eight countries, seven teams, because Vanuatu and Papua New Guinea have combined. They're aside, they're two island nations that are very much in their infancy when it comes to women's rugby. But the powerhouses, the United Kingdom, France, Australia, New Zealand, and the big surprise package, Fiji, as well as Tonga, have all been incredibly competitive. It's been a very, very close competition. And semi-finals uh, this Wednesday being played at College Rifles in central Auckland. It will be the New Zealand Defence Force, who are known as the Defence Ferns, taking on Australia in one semi-final, and then it is France taking on, as I said, the big dark horse in Fiji. In studio, we have... One of the locks for the New Zealand Defence Force, Michelle Bro. We have the hooker and captain, Hayley Mackay. And alongside of both of them, we've got a commander in the Navy, Julie Fitzel. Ladies, good evening. Welcome. Thank Kilda. you. Kilda. Let's kick this off. Let's kick this off. How cool is it, Hayley, that you are a member of the Defence Force and as part of being a member of the Defence Force... They support you in sport and that you can actually reach a level where you can be playing in an international competition, standing there hearing your national anthem being played. Um, it's an awesome feeling, uh, <clears throat> to be honest. Um, proud, a proud moment for us all to do it um, here. Um, for those of, that are, of us that are lucky to have their families um, here as well, which is um, a huge bonus and, and yeah, something hugely exciting and um, um, yeah, very privileged to be a part of it. Were you a rugby player before you got into the services? Uh, yes, um, I've played since I was in high school um, and when I joined a wee while ago, um, I continued to play. I played one year with Ponsonby. Um, and then after having a family, I played a bit of netball. So I've only recently in the last four years got back into it. Yeah. So, yeah. So why rugby? Because, I mean, it's become more and more in vogue. It's become more accepted. But there's been a lot of other sports out there. I know that as a parent, I'm not sure my little girl playing rugby. But <laughs> I must admit, no, I'm starting to change my mind in that area. So why rugby, not over other sports? Um, for me, I, like I said, it started in high school. But um, I I just wanted to give it a go because it was... Um, it just looked looked cool, like it looked fun. Um, I my brother played rugby, um, so I just kind of, I I just thought if he can do it, I can do it, and that's kind of how I, I I yeah why I did it really. Um, when I started, it wasn't a th- uh, really a sport a lot of girls played. Um, what was that frustrating? 
Um, you know, I imagine there's a lot of girls out there, let's just, and I use this with the greatest term of endearment, a lot of sort of tomboys that sort yeah. of think, hey, I want to run around. Why can't I do that? My brother's playing. Why can't I do that? Yeah, I think I had that kind of attitude with a lot of things. <laughs> um, so it was just an, a, one of the things that I, I acted upon, I guess. Um, we had a great coach at the time at my school, and, um, yeah, he, he fostered a really good uh, group of girls that, that um, it, in the years I was at school, we became very successful um, yeah. in the sport. So, yeah, it was and, awesome. And you're in that really pivotal position of hooker, uh, and you're incredibly mobile. How did you How did you end up becoming a hooker? <laughs> um, to be honest, I just wanted to play as many minutes as I could. And um, no one else wanted the job. Yeah. Well, no one else wanted to be labelled a hooker. <laughs> yeah, and we can't say that because that's a bit of an in-house joke, isn't it? I can say that. We're going to discuss that out there. Probably. Um, so <laughs> when I did start I, at school, I actually was, I played first five a lot. Um, and then through club, I played a lot of halfback. Back yeah. then, not many girls could pass both ways. And it was something that I, I, that I found quite easy. Um, and then it was probably really to make that next step up in rugby where I had to think about, where's the spot for me um and at the time they said do you want to give it a crack and I was like yep and then I happened to be not too bad at throwing the ball in so mm. I've kind of stick, stuck with it mm. um now Michelle you're playing at lock and um key, key at line out time I've you know uh, it, you guys have been good at set piece and the games that have been fortunate to watch watch and commentate um you're what you call a reservist so you're sort of part-time in the Defence Forces. What made you want to get into the Defence Services or Defence Forces when you already sort of had a, perhaps a, a career path? Uh, correct. Uh, I sort of got uh, through my career, or I started my career in Civvy Street um, quite early on. And so hindsight's a beautiful thing. Got into later life and thought, man, I really wish I could have uh, joined the Army. If I had a redo, I'd go back and join the army and uh, it was suggested by a family member to join territorial forces which I had no idea about um, so yeah sort of just thought I'll give it a nudge and yeah it was probably one of the older women on our uh, basic trainings. What yeah but what what was it that wanted you to become a member of the army? Discipline. Discipline. Yeah. You like discipline or you lack discipline? Um, bit of both and different uh, depends on what area in life but um yeah, just that, that grounding and that, um, so there's a lot of talk about camaraderie, uh, that being part of the team, that's what's drawn me to rugby, first and foremost. Yeah. And so that's what's really appealing about careers in the Defence mm. Force as well, is that, um, yeah, teamwork. And whereabouts are you originally from? Oh, I've sort of got multiple homes. Uh, I was born in Palmerston North. Yep. Grew up in a small town called Taihapia. Yep. Uh, Gumboot City. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, then I thought, well, I probably shouldn't because everyone's like, it's more than just throwing damn gumboots. No, no yeah, no, there's a lot of gumboots. Um, <laughs> Rug- rugby family? Um, yeah, uh, Polynesian family on my dad's side, so um, definitely something really big um, back home. Um, I grew up watching my brother play rugby for College Old Boys um, in primary school and early years. Um, Aaron Creedon and his dad yeah, were great involved player. there. Um, and I remember just being bored on the sideline and wanting to get on um, and they finally gave me a go I think I'm probably only about five or six I can't even remember how old I was but then I realised once I got on the field that all these boys were going to come and hit me and so I cried and walked off the field <laughs> um, but then I grew some courage in high school when the opportunity came up so yeah. um, 
but yeah, it wasn't a big thing in high school, uh, especially yeah, trying to get girls involved. And, and, and were you aware when you came into the Defence Forces that rugby was a pathway that you could sort of reach some pretty high honours and that there was the opportunity to represent your country? Uh, no. Uh, the, when this opportunity came up, um, I, I couldn't say no. I, I couldn't not be a part of it, especially the first um, to be run. Um, so this is the inaugural event, and um, I had to put everything else aside and, and be involved and put my hand up because what an opportunity. Mm, no, and, and like I say, you've been brilliant there at Lock. Uh, we've got Commander Julie Fitzel um, from the Navy in studio. Um, Julie, being a commander, we probably should have gone with you first. So I do apologise, you know, <laughs> there is a hierarchy in the services, I do understand. Uh, look, I'm keen to know, so this is the Defence Force, so this makes up the Army, the Navy and the Air Force. Um, how much collaboration and how much cooperation has there been between the three services over the years? Because I must admit, I was probably a little naive and sort of always felt that you guys probably operated separately and there was probably a little bit of, um, yeah, maybe, you know, a little bit of, you know, protecting each other and looking after your own rather than sort of maybe sharing things. Yeah, um, thanks for that. You don't need to salute me. Um, that's absolutely fine. Um, <laughs> um, in actual fact, one of the things that I've really loved over the last couple of weeks has been the fact that um, particularly the the uh, Defence Ferns and the um, NZDF team that is uh, assisting pulling this together is is literally one, one force, and so um, you know you mentioned Mark earlier about um, sort of uh, single services as they were, you mm. know, um, Air Force, Army, Navy, mm. and um, and look, there, you know, there were. Um, well, well, I think that's still how most people still envisage it. Yeah, absolutely, and um, you know, if we if we go back a few years, um, they were very much quite. Um, segregated and yep. separated um, in, in everything. Uh, what you see now is, you know, there's a whole lot of centralisation, there's a whole lot of integration, um, and, you know, when you go on operations, um, there's a lot of joint, what we call jointery. Joint exercises. Um, joint yep. exercises yep. together, right? So really understanding each other's environments. And, and, so. and that makes sense because we're only a small country. We never have scale, Absolutely. do we? And, no. and we therefore have to have a shared resource. Mm hmm. Yeah, and so I guess one of the challenges bringing this team together is bringing those uh, different people from the different services and trying to mould them, mm. trying to get them to come together as a team, knowing what's at stake, that you do have the likes of France, the United Kingdom, Fiji and Australia. Yeah, that is, um, and you're already starting to see different, you know, the different cultures, um, different behaviours, um, personalities. Uh, but I'm it, told the Navy are the most well-behaved and the politest. Oh, absolutely. Um, without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, no, this, this uh, and I don't want to speak for these ladies here because they're living and breathing it um, in terms of their own um, team culture. Uh, but you can absolutely see the way that they come together um, and, you know, uh, when they're on the field, um, and I'm going to just repeat it, they are one force. Yeah. They literally play together and have each other's backs. And I'd imagine if there were any barriers that might have existed still between the three individual services that make up the Defence Force, this is a really good way of removing those barriers and getting rid of any potential stereotypes or perceptions. Absolutely. It's a leveller. So... Um, you know what you bring is is your skill set, um, your skill set on and off the field, uh, and and look, um, you know, 
diversity in a in a team brings strength. So um, so they each every single one of them has you know has a, a value set and a skill set that is a strength. Um, to bring to their team. So So clearly those messages, I mean, there's clearly some great things that come out of this um, across the three services internally. Um, What's the sort of message that you're trying to get out externally? What, what, you know, doing this tonight Mm. is an example. Having the live streams, having Pacifica Television take this Mm. up through the Pacific Islands. I mean, what what, what are, uh, I guess, some of the other leveraging opportunities here or some of the stories that you're looking to try and tell? Yeah, so, you know, fundamentally, um, first and foremost, this... The International Defence Rugby Competition, it is the inaugural. It sits right alongside the Rugby World Cup at the mm. moment. Well, I, I always refer to it as a Defence Force World Cup. Yep. You can string it up, that's how I see it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's it's groundbreaking and it needs to be celebrated. Um, and if I look at if I look at some of the teams that, um, that are here and, and participating, you know, they've had to shift a number of barriers, both culturally um, from a gender perspective, yep. uh, t- in order to be able to be here. And so, you know, you, you see eight countries, seven teams yep. here, and, um, and the fact that um, they have the support now of their defence yep. forces and their senior yep. leaders um, to yep. be able to, to be able to get out there and, and have that platform yep. to be able to play. I just want to ask you that on the gender equity thing because it it has been a big issue in society for a long time. But I think you know we're breaking new ground. I think more and more people have become aware, and I think you've seen a real shift um, in the services. Have you? We'll start with you, Haley. Have you? You know, from a gender balance point of view, is it a level playing field? Do you f- feel comfortable being a female in the defence forces? Um, I mean, yeah. Personally, I I always have. I. I guess um, I joined a trade that was probably, at this time I joined, probably maybe a little bit female-heavy. Um, really? A particular trade it was. But um, but I guess as as a whole, it's something that, that the defence has been working on the whole time. Like from when I started, I, I mean, I no- noticed it, and it's something that's... Um, um, shown to be more important, like every year, as, as every year, it's just getting recognised as an important thing to um, to value that. So, yeah, it's definitely something they've been working on for a while. And what about you, Michelle? You feel like you can hold your own with the blokes? Oh yeah, massively. Um, you talked about tomboys earlier. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, we had heaps of stories shared about you know being the only girl playing in the game of touch at lunchtime, or you know that yeah. sort of thing. So it's um, not sort of an environment where I feel uncomfortable. Or have ever been made to feel uncomfortable because of my gender? Um, yeah. So in my time in reservists, um, the the unit that I'm in is particularly um, male dominated, and um, they're right in there behind it. Uh, Do you have um, to prove yourself though? Do you have to go in there initially and prove yourself a little bit, or um, you've, you've proved yourself for the fact that you've got through the training and you're there? Yeah, and I think how you hold yourself and um, you know you're there to work. Um, and you show it through your work ethic and um, how you show up mm. uh, each training and each exercise. So. And, and from an administration point of view, um, Julie, is it still a work in progress or is it just it's just natural now? It's just, hey, we, we are one. Um, no, I would say it, it's still a work in progress. Yep. So, you know... Um, um, you know, if you go back a couple of decades, yep. um, the, you know... Uh, 
always you're always going to have some challenges in a male male dominated um, yeah, yeah. workforce. Well, it's and, without and, a doubt. Yeah. So and that's the time and the history and yeah, yeah. we're not going to go lay blame, but yeah, no, no, it's just, it's just what it is. Yeah. So now we're at a point where there's you know it's yeah. quite a pivot and um and so we have a you know we have a within the New Zealand Defence Force we have a um a, a program called Wahine Tour, which is all about um uh, bringing in uh, initiatives. Uh, for more, you know, integration, um, gender integration, um, you know, awareness, uh, and so forth. And so, you know, it's it's heading in the right direction. And I and I guess too, Hayley, rugby's a great way too, isn't it? It's great because we all love our rugby, and here you guys are. You know, I've seen some of the contact, I've seen some of the big hits. <laughs> Um, I mean, it is physical, and again, it's just a lovely demonstration of saying, "Hey, we do this, and we do it well as well." Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I think, um, yeah, like you said, the games have proved it. Um, we get the same bruises, we get the same grazes, we get the same ruck marks, um, and we all put it out again the following week. So, yeah. Mm. Okay, we'll take a break here. You're listening to SENZ. Uh, we're putting the spotlight and focus on the Defence Ferns. Now, that is the New Zealand women's rugby team who represent the armed services in this country. There is a Defence Force World Cup being run alongside of the Women's Rugby World Cup. A number of these players across all the teams are f- not that far away from playing for the Black Ferns or playing uh, for some of these other nations. In fact, we had a member of the... Didn't we have a member of the Defence that's just been called into the Welsh team? Sorry, who was that? Uh, Kate Williams. Yeah, Kate Williams. So Kate played for us last Friday and then was called into the Welsh team, wasn't she? Yeah, they had an um, injury to their number yeah. seven. Yeah, yeah. And then we've just had... Um, what's her name? Miles... Um, Leah Miles just named a Targo female rugby player of the year and just picked up a super rugby contract. So that is the standard we are looking at. So we're just putting a spotlight on that. Um, if you've got any questions, feel free. 0800 158 You can text us here on double eight double three. When we come back, we're going to talk more on the rugby side of it. We're going to talk more about the semi-final against Australia coming up. But if you've got any questions, you're out there listening, you're thinking, hey, not sure what I'm going to do in life. Maybe the Defence Forces is a really good starting point in terms of just at least laying those foundations for later in life. It is 20 minutes after 7. Okay, so Whitney Houston, um, there is a reason behind that because we've got our guests and studio members of the New Zealand Defence Ferns, the Defence Force Women's Rugby Team. They are running a World Cup for the Defence Services around the world alongside of the Women's Rugby World Cup. We've got Michelle Bro in studio, we've got Hayley Mackay, co-captains, and we've got the commander from the Navy, Julie Fitzel. Who wanted the, who wanted the Whitney? <laughs> Hayley did. <laughs> Mish did. <laughs> now, now, just on that. Both of them. Do you guys, like, when you wake up game day, so we kick off 11 o'clock on Wednesday morning this week, knock out a very good Australian team you're up against. And if you win that, you'll either play France or Fiji in the final week later. Um, when you wake up game day, Hayley, how long before the nerves start kicking in? At what point do you start your sort of pre-game rituals where maybe you go into your shell a little bit, you bring out your Whitney Houston, you bring out your gangster, you do whatever it gets you in that headspace? Um, sometimes it's actually the night before. Like, I can go to bed nervous sometimes. Yep. Um, though, though, honestly, with even like with this team, I, I haven't actually had a lot of nerves. Um, great group of ladies, um, great coaching. Um, the whole support network has been amazing, really. Um, I've been looking forward to this ever since I heard about it last year. So, um, yep, I... I really just go through the motions in the mornings. I um, can you up. eat? 
Yeah, I do actually. Nothing, go, okay. nothing yep. much can stop me eating, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's one of my things. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, they reckon. The, by the way, if you are thinking about going into the Defence Forces, the food apparently is outstanding. <laughs> and, and you get it for nothing. Yeah, yeah. You get it for who, nothing. Would, who would complain about three cooked yeah. meals a day? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Michelle, yourself, your pre-game routine, do you get nervous or are you fairly sort of stoic? Or Yeah, um, fun, funnily enough, like Hayley, I haven't been as nervous as expected um, this time around and, yeah, probably attributed to the awesome culture that we've got going amongst the girls and, and um, yeah, our support, um, our coach, head coach, Mark Tapsall, um, he, he's a... Real tactical thinker, real So really nice things about him. He hasn't picked the team yet. <laughs> so really nice things about yeah. him, Michelle. Uh, how, how nice is he? He's amazing, oh, isn't he? just great. You were just telling me he should be all black coach, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, I just think he's he's fit for the spot, so um, give it to him. No, um, <laughs> no, I haven't had the nerves as much, but um, for me, yeah, just that night routine, mm. making sure I get a good sleep, um, being pretty calm and making sure nothing changes in the morning. Mm. So I'm still getting up, going to the mess, in my meals. Do you do a lot of – I mean, I know in this game here, you, you can come in some days and you can be terrible. It's, it's, it's your own perception sometimes, and sometimes you are. Sometimes if you're not as good as you think you are, never as bad as you think you are. But, you know, you maybe come off the field and you don't feel like you've had your best game or you're hanging on that one particular smoke, mistake you made, that one drop ball or that one missed tackle. Do you spend much time visualising going through that and making any sort of mental and physical adjustments, Hayley? Um, you're totally right. You, um, I'm my own worst critic, I guess. Yep. Um, those are the things that stick in your mind. Um, between myself and my husband, he um, definitely gives me um, the good feedback as well. While he's sitting on the couch eating donuts, telling you how crap you were. One of those, is he? One of those, is he? What's his name? No, he's... Um, is he listening tonight? No, he is the number one supporter too, So, um, but he's... Always um, brutally honest, so I can um, depend on his truth when it comes to those mm. sorts of things, um, which I appreciate. Yeah, my mum's there. You talk too <laughs> fast. Anyway. Um, but no, we we are given tools and, and showing how to process those things, um, mm. which again is a part of the mm. support that we've got here. So um, being a little bit older, I've kind of learned how to get through those things myself, but... Um, like today with the seminar that we had, we were talked through some some ways to go and deal with those. Um, you know, work through some images, imagery, and and some breathing techniques just to get past those sorts of things when when the time really matters. Yeah, you don't want them. I have a saying here, and you know, people don't like you on talkback. And I say, don't let me live rent free inside your head. And you've got to be able to sometimes get rid of that clutter. And just put it to one side and move on. You know, it's monumental in your head, but the reality is in a lot of other people's heads. Well, it was a moment that's pretty quickly forgotten. Uh, what about um, what about you, Michelle, in terms of dealing with maybe adversity? Um, yeah, like Hayley, I've I've learnt tools over the years um, to manage that. I think the great thing in this um, environment is that um, reflecting on mistakes and where you can improve is great. But there's a place and time for it if, if you make one of those um, off passes or, or do something silly on the field. It's really important just to grip it up. And it's not going to happen on Wednesday, is it? Park it. No, park it. <laughs> park it and um, look to yeah. correct it later on. Um, Julie, you've talked about the culture and bringing these group of young ladies together or young women together um, to form this Defence Ferns team. and. 
In terms of, like, like when you come into the All Blacks, you've got a 130-year legacy that you can refer to. All Black teams don't lose. You've inherited this jersey from Grant Fox and from Dan Carter. Do we have that with the defence ferns? And, and what is there? What, what's, that, um, what's that legacy that hangs over them? That's that reminder around excellence. Um, I'd, ha- <clears throat> I'd have to say that um, with the defence ferns, it's quite. Um, or are these guys the pioneers? Are they setting this yeah, tone for everyone else? Yeah, I was going to say forward? it's quite embryonic. Yeah. It's um, this. This is a generation here that is really going to set the platform moving forward. Um, and so, you know, and so all the the women, all those wahine that are coming through, um, that are that are either watching on your live streaming games or are, are physically at the games. Um, watching these these ladies, um, they're setting the platform for them, and not only them, the schoolgirls uh, that are coming through as well. So, so it's huge. The tone, the culture, the discipline, yep. and hopefully, hopefully, a history of winning, yep. or certainly winning a high percentage of games, and that yeah, you know, we are here to win. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's about not getting people to lower their standards, but for those to lift to the highest standards in the team. Mm. And not only that, I guess there's a something that I've observed of of these women in the defence ferns is is their um, is they can bring their whole self yep. to the game, um, both on and off the field. So and when I say that, I've seen a couple of the ladies with with their young bubs there yep. as well. And so you know, it's such a shift um, in mindsets. Uh, and not only for, for players, but also for coaches and managers. All right, I'm going to take a break. I've got a question I do want to just talk when we get back regarding hierarchy within the team. It is 28 minutes away from 8 o'clock. You're listening to SENZ. Mark Watson with you. Ben Francis alongside of me. Our telephone number is 0800 150 811. You can text any questions you might have to 8833. We are just putting the spotlight and focus on the defence ferns. This is the New Zealand Defence Force, Army Navy and Air Force. They're running a Women's World Cup alongside of the Women's Rugby World Cup that's been held here in New Zealand. The men have been doing it for a long time off the back of the Men's World Cup. The the, um, forces and services around the world have had their own World Cups and this is the first time it's happening starting here in New Zealand. In studio we've got Commander Julie Fitzel, we've got uh, Locke, Michelle Bro, and we've got Captain and Hooker Hayley Mackay. We'll take a break, we'll come back with more. It is 23 and a half minutes away from 8 o'clock. All you Liverpool fans, if you want to chat on the demolition of Manchester City, we can do that after 8 on 0800 150 We are putting the spotlight in focus on the Defence Ferns, the New Zealand Armed Forces Women's Rugby Team, which is taking part in a Defence Force World Cup alongside of the Women's Rugby World Cup. Incredibly high standards. Semi-finals on Wednesday from 11 o'clock. College Rifles in central Auckland. It will be the Defence Ferns up against the Might of Australia, and then it will be the Big Dark Horse. And boy, they are a big, well-drilled side. It is Fiji up against the French. Uh, Tonga, well, they'll wait to see who wins the game between the United Kingdom and the combined team of Vanuatu and Papua New Guinea for that plate final. Those finals will be the 26th, Wednesday the 20. Is it the 25th? 25th of October, those finals again at College Rifles. Of course, you can get the live stream. In studio, we have Commander Julie Fitzel from the Navy. We've got one of the Defence Ferns locks, Michelle Bro, and Hayley Mackay, the hooker and captain. Uh, the oldest players in your team are 38. The youngest is 19. Um, the centre, who's fantastic, 
uh, Melania Keynes, outstanding player. In training, um, do, do does rank mean anything? And yes. So, so um, like a cadet. Oh, you know, no, like I'm just talking about rugby training purely. Oh, rugby, do, no. Does all that stuff just get no. put to one side and, and you're just and a team? And if there's a bit of argy bargy or there's a bit of hey, I don't agree with you, or no. that was a bit of a cheap shot. We're all tired. We all got a bit antsy. That stuff just put to one side. Um, that's like we mentioned earlier. Um, it levels the playing field, um, and rank is not not even there. Like to be honest, I don't even know what rank half of them are. It's not even a thing at all. Mm, mm. Mm. You agree? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, um, yeah, the, the rugby's the sole focus. Yeah, uh, what we do in our trades or our roles. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we're here, here for rugby, and we've got to be. Um, our um, one of our teammates shared in her talk today: "Never above you, but never below you, always beside you." And that's. That's a good way to put it. We're always on yeah, each other's shoulders. Sort of one team, one dream approach. Yeah. Um, Hayley, then, so, um, you know, being in your early 30s, what do you what do you think you can tell a 19-year-old? What, you know, what 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 do you think you can add to, say, some of the, youngers in the, the younger players in the team, the youngest being 19? Um, well, I've not really been much of a talker, to be honest. I'm more of a doer or shower, I guess. I try and do what I can to, yeah, to, to let them, I guess, see what, um, and learn themselves, I guess, and what, what's the word? Um, demonstrate. Yeah, yeah, just demonstrate. Because, I mean, it's all very well. We see a lot of people with, you know, physical attributes all the same. We sit in the men's game, a lot of 18, 19-year-olds, boy, you know. But what they sometimes don't have, which you clearly do have, you've got a young family and stuff, is life experience, and you can't underestimate the value of that. Yeah, yeah. I hope it's like that. <laughs> um, I do as as often as I can, I guess. Um, share words, not too much, but um, when it's important, I guess I try and um, share what I what I know um, or what I've learned or seen over the time. Um, and and I mean, I still get that from others. Like sometimes it's not even an age thing. There's there are younger players than me that have played higher level than, than me. So I appreciate everyone's input. I think everyone's um, advice is valuable. Um, yeah, so. And, and I always say, um, Michelle, that sometimes you you have to learn how to lose in sport before you learn how to win because you're going to lose more than you're ever going to win. I mean, you know, you can talk about a whole lot of athletes who won Olympic gold, but you never hear about the races. They never won. Have you had much adversity and have you learned from it? Oh, that's getting pretty deep. Um, yeah, a lot. A lot. Um, yeah, I've uh, been through some stuff. Yep. Um, I've sort of um, always pushed through to get to that next level. Um, I was the first kid in my family to get to senior school and high school. First one to get a career. Um, oh, well, yeah, uh, not the first one to get a career, but um, yeah, I sort of broke a lot of cycles coming through. So you've got a real appreciation of where you're Massively. at and where you've gone and you believe through that, then you, you've got a really good message to share to others who've yeah. probably come through a lot of similar upbringing. I, yeah, I see a lot of myself and some of the younger ones in terms of their approach to life and, and um, I, I see uh, the huge potential that our young girls have yeah. and um, yeah, it's and, awesome. And Yeah, and that's the interesting thing, isn't it, Julie? I, I mean, I went through Mount Abbott Grammar School in the 
1980s and I saw a lot of kids in the third form who, yeah, let's be honest, weren't particularly nice young people and, you know, often the issue's more at home rather than them themselves. But through rugby, particularly through sport, by the time they came out through the seventh form, just wonderful people. But sport gave them that sense of self-worth. Sport gave them that sovereignty, um, you know, and gave them that um, community. Mm. I think the word I'd use there is um, it gave them a purpose. Um, I think it also gives them structure um, and uh, and probably that support also that they haven't haven't otherwise felt um, or had around them and so um, you know and that's huge when you you know when you have a have a team that's either doesn't matter whether they're winning or losing um, the strength of the team that comes together mm. is um, is where the value is. Because I think sometimes as a society, and we are sort of getting off track here, but I just want to have this chat, you know, there's a lot of talk, isn't there? You see a lot of young people, young offenders. And actually what people don't realise is that they're actually the victims up until they cross that line, then they become the perpetrators. Mm. And and we lose sight of that. But that's Mm. where sport can come in, almost as that surrogate. Yeah, absolutely. And I I would... um, you know, sport is when I look at sport and um in the defence force, it's it's so aligned. Um, whether it's uh, teamwork, whether it's discipline, whether it's structure, um, the ladies were just talking earlier about the fact that they came together um, quite late for for this tournament, um, and but it didn't matter too much because you know. They bring with them, mm-hmm. you know, their own sort of discipline and, and regardless of unit. And, and their own stories. And their own stories and they just like click in mm-hmm. as a team and then... Yeah, and, and just listening to Michelle here and, you know, clearly yeah, quite, quite a, um, you know, quite emotional. But it, it's interesting, isn't it? But it's important that she brings her, her life. You respect that. But through that, she's got a lot to provide and give to some of these other younger players and yeah. vice versa. And they won't even realise it that they're actually role modelling. Yeah. Um, and you yeah. don't need to say a lot of words yeah. to role yeah. model. You can role model through your actions. It is 16 minutes away from eight. You're listening to SENZ. We are putting the spotlight and focus on the def- uh, the international defence rugby competition being run alongside of the Women's Rugby World Cup. When we come back, we're going to talk about smashing the Australians on Wednesday, smashing them into smithereens. Do that next. It is 11 minutes away from 8 o'clock in studio. Commander Julie Fitzel from the New Zealand Navy. We've got Michelle Bro and Hayley Mackay, two members, playing members of the New Zealand Women's Defence Force rugby team. The Defence Force are running a World Cup alongside of the Women's Rugby World Cup. Semi-finals are on Wednesday. The finals on the 25th of October. The semi-final will be against Australia, who were beaten up really badly in their first game against the Fijians, blew everybody away, but then came back and performed brilliantly against a very good United Kingdom team. How much homework, Hayley, have you done on Australia and what resources do you have available to you to do that homework? Um, we uh, Obviously the games are streamed, so we have a member of our team, um, Tizzy, who's come on board. Um, she would have been planned, but she's injured. Um, so she's come on board and taken on that role to kind of review and and go over those videos and point out bits that um, she thinks are relevant for us to go over. So we're pretty lucky to have her as part of the team as well. Um, So, yeah, we've been watching videos. We watched parts of the games when we could, when we were at the field. Um, 
yeah, I mean, sometimes we get a little sneak peek at their trainings. We um we are based in the same place, so we have. Um, so have you had a team meeting already? When do you sit down, go through the video, look at what the Aussies are doing, and you guys have done your strategy? Yeah, I we, imagine they're doing the same with you. So yeah, probably. <laughs> yep. Well, so we did. We actually did that this afternoon. Um, so we went over their video as well as our. Uh, recent game against Tonga, mm. so work ons from Tonga and then uh, moving forward work ons for yeah. for Oz. I've just got notes from your coach here. He says Haley <laughs> drop goal fifty metres out. Once played halfback in first five while at school. <laughs> no, we'll see what happens. See, see what no? the score is at uh, seventy eight minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I, I mean, I'll ask you. I'll ask you this, Michelle. So, how much of it then is about still just sticking to your own game plan? With or do you have to do you have to change it slightly to cater for what they're doing, or is that just more of defensively? Um, yeah, we've um, had some pretty solid plans in place from the get go. Um, it's just about improving on those and seeing where we need to um, tighten up on. Um, yeah, because I mean, it hasn't been a big run. And um, let's talk about that first twenty minutes against the French. They sort of hit you hard early. Was that? What, what, what was the issue there? We saw a little bit with the actual the Black Ferns in their first two games as well. Is it what you're just a bit nervous? You're a bit, I don't know, television cameras on you, or just you just, get, you just got to work on it? Yeah, we had a bit of a similar experience with some um, like um, some games beforehand. Uh, so our game in Christchurch training camp leading up to it, um, and I think yeah, just getting rid of some of the cobwebs and um, just fine tuning uh, playing as a team, and um, yeah, just. I think the big thing about our team is um, you'll like you see it in the eye contact when we're down, and you'll look at your teammate and you just see that they're ready to to get back. Mm. Um, I can't describe resilience is the only <laughs> word I can describe. Is there one person that takes control, or is it just sort of collectively understood? I mean, you can't have you know too many chiefs, but I think it's um, quite collective. Like I mean, even even the coach, he even kind of steps back at that time and, and actually leaves it up to us. I yeah. unless I wasn't listening. He didn't um <laughs> he didn't like, you know, come out and throw his toys at any time. Um he really did list, leave it up to us to, to sort it out and I think we just did that together. Now, Julie, I'm not sure how much aware you were if you're inside of the coaching, but I know you have played um at a reasonably high level yourself. Half time against the French you seemed to the message came through. Do you do you know what it was you know what was said at half time, Julie, at all? Did, did you have any influence? No? Because you, you, your scrum didn't look so good, and then it got, it looks a lot better. You, you didn't seem to have parity against the French. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah, we. Um, was it we, the hooker? No, no, sorry. <laughs> Definitely not the hooker. <laughs> no. Maybe the um, lock. No, we, <laughs> we do have, um, we don't have a lot of experience in, in our front row. Um, we have a few league players, so they're not um, as used to. To the scrum, I guess. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was something we had to uh, kind of just deal with at the time. Yeah. Um, but it was, it's been a huge work on for us. Did, did it surprise you forward. that it wasn't as good as perhaps you had thought leading up to that first game? Yeah, I, I probably would have thought that would be, um, we would have been a bit level, more level. It, you know, I mean, size wise, we've all we've got it there. Mm. Um, but no. it's all about technique, isn't yeah, it? Exa- it's all technical. Yeah, it's exactly. all about weight distribution, and that's all about yeah. balance. And uh, working together, yeah. I, I just um, want to have a, uh, a chat to you, Julie, again. Um, we saw um, Leah 
uh, Leah Miles, just been named Otago Female Rugby Player of the Year, she's picked up a super co- rugby contract. How was that received within the Defence Forces? Is, is that a big deal or is that more of a, does that frustrate you for the fact that they're going to be out playing rugby the whole time? Do you celebrate that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we <clears throat> we definitely celebrate that. It's because that's, you know, the, people will look at her and go, wow, that's that's amazing. I want to be like her. I can I can um, play rugby at a really high level um, and also have this career. Um, and so, you know, to be able to, uh, to give um, these women the opportunity, and there's a number of women in, in the side, uh, that are high caliber mm. that have been you know that have these opportunities um, outside of defense ferns that um, that absolutely celebrate those. Yeah, well, it was interesting. Willie Walker was there the other coach of the Auckland yep. FPC side, and he was keeping an eye on everybody as well. And it's you know it, it's a big step, another step to even higher honors. Hey, look, we've literally only got about thirty or forty seconds left. Just a, a final message, message that you want to get across regarding the defense forces. Whether it be a career, think, whether it be rugby, look, related. I think we've um, we've uh, we've spoken today about um, you know the fact that we have amazing um, amazing wahine in the in the defence force um, that put on just happen to be putting on a rugby jersey this this month um, that have fantastic careers also in the defence force as well. So come join us. Okay, and Michelle, you got ten seconds. Comment to the fans, people out there. No, just awesome opportunity. Stoked to be a part of it. Yeah. Um, Wishing all the teams um, good games for the rest of the campaign, but um, go New Zealand Defence Ferns. Favourite radio host? <laughs> Favourite football team? Liverpool? Of course. When of you course walk, you, you'll be singing that on the way home, eh? <laughs> okay, we will talk sport. Thank you to Commander Julie Fitzalt, Michelle Bro, and Hayley Mackay. Do get along on Wednesday to College Rifles semi finals. <laughs>